The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. She's got the news. She talks with newsmakers. She encourages us to laugh. And she cries with us. Speaking truth to power and questioning authority daily, it's the Nicole Sandler Show. I should have opened today's show with a recording of um, uh, Deja Vu from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. If I had ever been here before, I would probably know just what to do. Don't you? Except I have been here before, and I don't know what to do. Um, Welcome. Welcome to a Monday, everybody. Happy Monday. Um, You know, to many of the people listening, what I'm about to tell you and and probably spend a few minutes too many on um, is not irrelevant. Because some of you are listening to, uh, you know, the Progressive Voices Network and just listening as it's a radio show, because that's, in essence, what this is. Radio first. But because of technology, we've added a video component. So we have audio streams. Let's start with that. You've got Progressive Voices Network. You have NicoleSandler.com in the Listen Live page and NicoleSandlerStream.com, where when all else fails, you can just go there and get the audio stream uh, weekdays at 5 Eastern to Pacific. Or you could listen to Verdon Square Radio or Netroots Radio or FYI Nation or um, uh, AirProgressive.com. I believe it is, um, or a number of other uh, stations who carry the live show or maybe carry us at different times. Or you can subscribe to the podcast, which is always free, though we do survive on your you know, donations. But you don't have to pay to listen to this show because it's radio. That's how radio is supposed to work. Or that's how it worked in the old days. Um, but there is a video component because people like to watch whatever. That's fine. And um, for many years, I've been doing this show on YouTube. Now, we have expanded from only YouTube to Facebook Live, Periscope, which is Twitter's uh, video streaming component, and Twitch, which I believe is Amazon's video streaming component. So we are on all those places. And if you usually watch on YouTube, you've learned that today you can't. Because I have again been suspended. What, you ask? Suspended again? Yeah. Uh, That's why the deja vu. Um, Because this happened once before. The first time it happened, some months ago, um, I, I got a notice from YouTube that I had a copyright strike on a show from 2017. Seriously. And what was the offending content, you wonder? Well, so did I. So I went back and listened to the show because I'm pretty diligent in that I don't play music as much as I would like to because I get copyright violated. So, (laughs) yeah, so I didn't play um, a song. No, what happened was at the very end of the show, you know how like the show ends after an hour now? Um, And then I'll play the day's What's News segment because I don't get to a lot of it during the hour-long show we have together. So I play What's News at the end. Well, occasionally... I end what's news or or I use a, with with a, you know, a musical bed going out. 
or occasionally I will punctuate a news story with a a song lyric because so on that particular day it was the day that Elizabeth Warren uh, spoke on the Senate floor and quoted a letter of from Coretta Scott King and Mitch McConnell tried to shut her down and said no you cannot read Coretta Scott King's words on the floor of the Senate and and Elizabeth Warren said and I'm paraphrasing fuck you Mitch McConnell I certainly can read Coretta Scott King's words into the record and Mitch McConnell after that goes on camera and tried to tell the story and and you know and act as if Elizabeth Warren did something wrong and he used the phrase, you know, and so she persisted, which, of course, became sort of a battle cry for Elizabeth Warren. So as I was telling the story to end this What's News cast, I ended it with a song uh, called I Will Not Go Quietly. I will not go quietly. I will not back down See, but you got me singing it instead of Don Henley, because if I play Don Henley singing that many words, Universal Music Publishing Group will copyright violate me. And that's what happened on that very day. It was about 20 seconds of the song to punctuate a news story. And they not only uh, issued a copyright strike against my channel. If you get three, they kill off your whole channel. But they took down the video. So I had to go find the old audio podcast to find out what the offending content even was. And then and I went through it and I realized and I'd heard, I'd heard that Don Henley especially, but the Eagles, Irving Azoff, their manager, are particularly assholic uh, when it comes to their music being played. You make music, isn't the goal to get it played so people hear it? Now, I guess they only want the old Nicole Sandler, you know, the disc jockey Nicole Sandler, to play the Don Henley music. God forbid the talk show host Nicole Sandler use a few seconds from an artist that she played on the air for decades and helped sell their music. Oh, wait a minute. I even have a photograph or a few with Don Henley and an autograph that says to Nicole with many thanks, Don Henley. This is how he thanks me. So so that happened about six months ago, right? Whatever it was it done. I served my 90 days suspension. Uh-oh, hold on. We lost. Oh, I see. Hold on. I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I, I put the wrong, uh, the wrong shot up. Uh, audio's back. Um, so I served out my 90 day suspension. And, um, <laughs> and uh, so last night... I check my email, and sure enough, there's another email from uh, YouTube telling me that I had a copyright strike and that my streaming privileges were once again suspended. But again, they took down the video. They didn't tell me what the offending content was. No, they don't do that. I should show you. I'm going to show you. Uh, I got to pull it up here. So bear with me a second while I find uh, the the photograph that I took, uh, the screenshot of this copyright violation. Um, <laughs> because again, they don't even tell you. This is this is how dictatorial uh, YouTube is, and the power they give to these record labels. 
It just says uh, it was a two hour and 15 minute show. And it said you violated something. You have a copyright violation. Hold on. It was. um, uh, Oh, uh, Henley. I'm looking for Henley copyright. Sorry. This is what happens when I try to talk and chew gum at the same time. And I I can't do either one very well. Um, But I'm, I'm looking for my and it's not on here. All right, I don't know what to do. Oh, I bet I put it in. I don't know where I put it. Anyway, all take my word for it. It tells you nothing. There's no information there. So, but I had the date, March eighteenth, twenty sixteen. So the copyright violated me for a show that was over five years ago. So I go back through my old podcasts. I've got I've got audio records of everything. Thank God, or I'd never know. And I'm thinking I didn't play any music. And I'm going through it, going through it, going through it. And I get midway through the show. So when I was still doing two hours a day and I come across a green news report. Yes, Brad and Desi, I played the green news report. Well, the end of green news report, they always end with a, um, you know, a little musical outro. And on this very day. They used a Don Henley song called Dirty Laundry. Kick them when they're up. Kick them when they're down. Kick them when they're up. Kick them all around. And that's what fucking Don Henley did to me. God damn it. So once again, um, I go to stream and I get a message saying, you are suspended. You cannot stream. But if you're thinking it's just me. Somebody sent me a video. I'm not going to play the video because CBS television would copyright violate me, but I can play the audio. And if the um, if if the uh, voice sounds familiar, it's because it's David Letterman. This is from January 19th, 2016. And well, he got the message. Now, I was hoping here's a little behind the scenes showbiz data that you may or may not be aware of i was hoping we'd get to hear eagles music yeah 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 uh, because i'm going to the concert with this guy's <laughs> wife uh, on saturday night that's great he's be back in uh, new jersey getting drunk with his buddies uh, and uh, so i thought maybe we would hear a lot of eagles music but i'm told now by dan federer that it's too expensive it's Do you too know anything expensive about that, yeah. okay yeah how, how, how expensive is it's it? Too expensive. Well, like, like how much? What are we talking about? Well, I don't know. It's like every time we... Well, would, like if we know, play one song, what's a... One unity? song? One song? <laughs> Probably uh, like $1,000. No. All right, pick your favorite Eagles song. And no, we'll, it's we'll, not $1,000. Hold it, hold it. How much is it? I can't, I can't hear a word you're saying. They just said no. Who said? Just said no. The licensing people just said who, no. Who are the licensing people, Paul? Irving Azoff. I, I, I license the Eagles. Right. Oh, I don't know. I could, somebody who works for you. The I people guess. who own the publishing who owns, rights. Who owns the Eagles music then? It's not the Eagles. Now it's Universal Music Publishing Group. BMI. Oh, I'd like to have one of those cars. You ever driven a BMI? Beautiful ride. I had one in California, cornered like a snake in a rat hole. Yeah. So, so if we play an Eagles song, we'll get sued. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. No, they just don't Hello. Want, they just said no. But what if what they if they knew no. about uh, Leslie from Minnesota? They, they, I don't think they make it 
exceptions. They have a flat no policy for television. A flat no policy? Do they want their music heard or not? Boy, I'm just... I'm just, I'm just dying. Paul, aren't you now just really dying to play an Eagles song? I wish song? I could play it. It's an Eagles song. Yeah, no, I won't be playing any more Eagles songs. Costs too much. I think it costs. I think we need to have a, is, a is burning. There a, a minimum? Can we play like three bars of a song? No. Can't even do that. No. What, yes, Bill. No. No. Bill. No. no, you can't. What were you going to say, Bill? Bill. Well, when I'm. Well, no. when I was trying to license, it's, it's under four lines. You do three lines of a song. Three lines of a song. Three lines no. of a song. Uh, no. No. And the woman who deals with this shit is, there, is on the headphone. She's saying, no, do not do it. Could, could, I speak, could I speak to someone in the control room? <laughs> Hello? Hello, it's Dave. This I, is the control room. Oh, hi, Jerry. How are you? Doing very well. I thought you went home early on Thursdays. No, just sit that way. All right. Uh, uh, Jerry, help us out here. We're having a little uh, uh, argument about Eagles uh, licensing <laughs> rights and such. What do, you, what do you say? You're the director. You're the captain of the ship. What do you think? Don't do it. I say we should play the music and see what happens. <laughs> play the music and see what happens. And the woman with the head said, shaking her head going, oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Don't do it. We're going to do the disco duck thing That's and we're going to burn the record. Summer. Now, okay, Paul. All summer, this was January. What would you play? We got one shot here. We're going to do one. One, one, song. one yeah, and see what happens. What, so, so, what will <laughs> Don't it be do from it. the Eagles songbook? And, and uh, recognize that we're on the precipice of legal action. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I love life in the fast lane, but you're the one who's going to be paying, so I. <laughs> All right, uh, that, that's an, it goes on for a little bit. Actually, they break in about a minute, but you, you get the gist of it. This is a thing. So the Eagles, I don't get it. They, they made music. They made a fortune, like more money than any living being could ever spend in a lifetime, right? They had the best-selling album of all time in the Eagles' greatest hits. I don't know if it still is, but it was for the longest time. And And then... You know, they, the, the saying was after they broke up, someone had asked them at a press conference, when will the Eagles reunite? And, and I think it was probably Henley, because he's the biggest asshole of them all, said, um, when hell freezes over. And then I guess he needed money. So when they reunited, they called it Hell Freezes Over. They named their album and their reunion tour Hell Freezes Over. And guess what? I was there. I was at that taping I, I, when they recorded the album and the video. When, they, when hell froze over, I was there because I was playing their music on the radio in Los Angeles. I'll tell you at a time when not a lot of radio stations were playing the Eagles music. So this is how they thank me. And, and Don Henley signed. The, uh, this must be from that, from that evening with the Don Henley picture. The one on the left, if you're watching on Facebook uh, Periscope or Twitch, you can't be watching on YouTube now because I'm suspended. Um, that picture on the right is probably from the Hell Freezes Over taping. Picture on the left was when Don Henley came into my radio station studio for an interview. And gee, he didn't have a problem with me playing his music then. Ah, just, uh, all right. 
So that's the story. I am working all my connections. I'm trying to get through to Irving Azoff, who is the Eagles manager. Um, I left a message. I don't expect a response, frankly. I'm I'm trying everything, but I went through this. I went through this, um, you know, the last time and had to sit out the 90 day suspension. Let me just say this. It is arbitrary and it's um, vindictive. There's no reason for it. When I play a snippet of another song, occasionally the artist or the publisher or somebody, I will get a notice. I will get a content ID, which means they they found out I use their content. It's easy because they have bots just scrubbing the site, I guess, 24-7 or make it 28-9. And um, there, no human being is part of this. But this one, it said this this copyright violation was manual. It says that on the, the the little tiny bit of information they gave me about it. Manual. It was a manual copyright strike. So somebody heard. They went through and listened, and they listened all the way through the Green News report in the middle of the two-hour-long show. No, I think it was a bot. But then manually, someone from the Universal Music Publishing Group uh, reached out to YouTube and said, take that video down and suspend that channel from streaming. Because they violated our copyright. You know what you can do with your copyright, don't you, Henley? So this is our new reality for a while, I'm sorry to say. I'm going to still keep working. Some guy did contact me out of the blue on Twitter and said, this is what my firm does. This is what we do. We, I, can get you, I can get you restored. And so um, here's what he said. Um, He said, um, uh, let's see, we usually provide restoration services. Oh, I see. He said, I see your channel still up. And I said, no, my channel is active. I just, they suspended my streaming capability. And he said, oh, well, we usually only provide restoration services, but our contacts at the agency can help you with this. Let me talk to them. And then he got back to me. He said, hey, Nicole, the agency team circled back. While we usually only deal with channel restoration, <clears throat> for which we charge between $300 and $2,000, depending on the severity of violations made, the agency team has confirmed that they can reinstate your live stream ability. They will charge $200. Let me know whenever you're ready to proceed. And I said, let me work through my channels first. I really don't have $200 to spare right now. Uh, And then I said, by the way, what is your firm? And he said, well, we don't go by any name. We just work against the YouTube systems to help creators reinstate their channels or video that are falsely terminated by YouTube. We do this with the help of some contacts working at agencies that are tied up with YouTube to take care of termination appeals. So, yeah, it's a scam. Obviously, they have someone inside who can flip the switch and say, okay, you're reinstated. Just, you know, line my pockets a little bit. I I give up. I give up. So that's where we are. That's where I am right now. Um, But there is news happening. So uh, phone lines are open, by the way, should you care to call in and comment or make, you know, whatever. 
It's today's Lucy Goosey. 954-889-6410 is the phone number. If you've got Skype, you can Skype into me. It's just Nicole Sandler, all one word. Uh, beware, I work without a producer. I do everything myself. So if I see that you've called, I can pick you up. But if someone's on the line, don't call in. Wait till they hang up because I can only take one call at a time. I mean, I can have someone else waiting, but then you hear them. Uh, either way. So uh, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's so nice to be me today, you know? All right. So, yes. So what else is going on today? Um, Well, first of all, over the weekend, it happened Friday night. um, The 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 asshole governor of Georgia signed this. uh, You know what? That was maybe on Thursday. I I was discombobulated the end of last week, obviously, because of the Moderna second Moderna dose, which did knock me out. I was I was worthless on Thursday. I was kind of out of it on Friday. By Saturday, I was feeling fine. You know, I still haven't been sleeping, but that has nothing to do with the COVID vaccine. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So, um, yeah, so that all happened. Um, Joe Biden did his press conference. I've got that. We didn't get to any of that last week because of the COVID stuff. But now there's other stuff today. I guess we should start with, well, start with the very beginning, which is the trial finally began. So. Uh, my friend, our friend Jack Rice, has been checking in with us regularly. Jack Rice, of course, uh, former radio talk show host. That's how I know him. In fact, you know what? I should give you a little treat. Again, this is only going to be good for people watching on the video. And just so you know, I will post the video of the show at NicoleSandler.com slash 3-29-21, the date. That's how. That's the format for how I post them. I will post the video version of the show each day, and I'll even upload it to YouTube. I just can't stream live on YouTube. But if you want to watch the video after the fact, you can, as you always do, uh, on, on the, the blog section of my website. So... Um, but let me see. Do I have it here? Shoot. I, I'm just, I'm worthless today. I thought I pulled. Oh, I've got it up here. Um, uh, okay. So <laughs> uh, Jack Rice, you know, I, I was looking to see if I had a photograph with Jack Rice anywhere because th- because today is so busy and he's doing a bunch of TV hits this hour dealing with the trial. He couldn't be with us live. So we chatted on the phone for a few minutes. And I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't even dressed yet. I didn't have makeup on. So I just, I didn't record video. And I thought, well, I should put up a picture of me and Jack on the screen um, while this short video, short interview is playing. And I don't have that. I don't have one, but I do have a video. It was um, the talkers convention, a talk radio convention in Los Angeles, just about 11 years ago to the date. It was, it was March. It was, um, uh, well, it'll say on here what the date was. I'm going to play the video um, for those of you who, you know, who can't see it. I will narrate. I'll tell you what's on the screen. For those of you who can see it, well, you'll hear it. But in this very short video, it's under 30 seconds. It's me. It's Randy Rhodes. It's Stephanie Miller, Tom Hartman, Alan Combs, who was still alive. I think Stephanie Miller and Jack Rice. Okay. Yes, it's a lot for 30 seconds. So here's, um, here, here's that video, just so you can see Jack real quickly. 
It says, Talkers Magazine New Media Seminar. That's what it marks. Oh, we do that. Tom Hartman, Alan Combs. And me. There's Randy. Me and Randy. When we were still friends. And Jack Rice. There's Jack Rice. The wife? And that's it. Well, his ex-wife now. But wait, this is mine. And that's uh, Randy's Howard. And, and me again. And that, that was it. So, so you saw Jack Rice. Just so you know, we'd been in the room together. <laughs> so anyway, Jack, um, I checked in with him because the, uh, the opening uh, statements happened today in the, in the trial of, I hate saying his name, but I guess I should because, you know, the cop, the former Minneapolis cop who killed uh, 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 George Floyd, Derek Chauvin, um, uh, began today. And so Jack is running around being Mr. Media Guy. So um, he did check in. We spoke for a few minutes. And here's, uh, here's what we had to say. And, and I, I apologize for the quality of his phone line. <laughs> it's one of those days. Joining us on the line right now is Jack Rice. He is our man on the scene in Minneapolis, where today the murder trial of the cop, the former Minneapolis cop who killed George Floyd, it has begun. So, um, uh, hi, Jack Rice. Uh, crazy first day, huh? Yeah, it, it's really is. It's really interesting as we watch this, and I've been watching all of this now. Is that Bad phone connection. The opening statements from both the prosecution and defense. And I think one of the most shocking things that I heard was the statement from the defense saying this is not a political trial, this is not a social cause trial, but the problem is, is it is. Because if you look at what this trial is really about, it's about something bigger than George Floyd. And I think that the prosecution is smart in terms of how they're framing it that way. Because the question is, is that is the legal system in the United States gained against people of color? And if you look at the numbers, if you look at the statistics, and you look at the history in this country, the answer is yes. So I think to deny it, to act like it doesn't exist, I think is a mistake. To embrace it and say that's where we are, but what's more important is to be able to look at the evidence as it is, I think that's been a mistake on the defensive side in the short term. But they're already in the middle of that first witness, so this trial is starting to move. Yes, it is. Actually, they just finished up with the first witness, and they are now on to the second witness. The first witness was um, the woman, the dispatcher, who apparently uh, was so disturbed by what she saw on the on the surveillance cameras um, that she called on her own additional resources to come in. Um, so... Um, all right, so it's it's underway. The second witness is up. It's a young woman who I, I think was one of the people who was on the scene uh, as George Floyd was dying, was being killed. Um, I'm, I'm trying, you know, I'm getting set up for a show <laughs> while the while the testimony is going on, so I'm, my attention is split. But it seems I, I'm surprised they did the opening arguments. And the first witness, and now they're on to the second witness, and they still probably have another hour to go today. Right, right. And we have to remember just how many witnesses we can talk about here. Because if you look at the size of this case, these are tens of thousands of documents. 
you can look at the number of potential witnesses in, the, in this case. The original list by the prosecution actually had an excess of 300 names on it. And so it's difficult to determine just how many witnesses they will, witnesses they will call, but the estimate is, is certainly in excess of 50. And I recall the last murder trial that I had, and it went on for weeks and weeks. Uh, I think there were 38 witnesses in that case. But what we're going to see here down the road is going to be this fight between the medical examinations, between these autopsy reports, and so much more. I mean, there's so much coming. These are these are the the, the, the first signs of a really real fight. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, um, are, so far, any observations from you as a as a defense attorney? Uh, you know, I know that I'm yeah. very critical as a disc jockey or you know a radio host of other radio people. I listen with a different ear. I'm sure you listen to a trial like this with a different ear than I would. Well, it, it's interesting, you know, because I sort of have this combination of how I see these things. I think about this. As a former prosecutor, I think about this as a criminal defense lawyer, but teaching lawyers how to do this is something I'm looking at, too. So I'm always watching this, like, like how I would help them do better on both sides. And I think about because I teach prosecutors and defense attorneys all around the world. And, and as I watch this, I see certain things that have come out. For instance, uh, Matt Frank has been the lead prosecutor in this case. He's the one, generally speaking, running it. He's the one who did the jury selection for the last almost three weeks. But what we noticed was that the, the, the prosecutor who was brought in to do the opening was a man named Jerry Blackwell. Right. Jerry Blackwell is not, he's not with the Attorney General's office. He is not even a prosecutor, generally speaking. Really? He is a, he is a civil lawyer, but he is an extraordinarily good civil lawyer. And, and so when you look at his capability, part of what he does Part of what he does is he's really good at, at winding in history and winding in dynamic and society and social issues, which we just talked about, and political issues, which we just talked about. That's what Jerry Blackwell is good at. I mean, to give you an idea, Jerry Blackwell was just able to handle a case involving a man who was strung up and, uh, and murdered back in 1920 in Duluth because they claimed that he had raped a white woman when, in fact, it was false. And he went and he actually took that case to the governor to get to, to get his uh, uh, prosecution and conviction thrown out, um, even though it was 100 years old. And he did it anyway. And, oh, and by the way, I didn't mention, he happens to be African-American. Yes, he is. And that, that's part of the dynamic here, because this is a broader question. And to have somebody from the community making this argument, I think, is also important because I think if you have a bunch of white guys arguing about what happens to people who aren't white, it, it feels very what you're tippling at. And it can't. It has to be something else. So the prosecution is smart in that sense. Okay, I, 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 and I, I got that right away. I looked at it. I didn't know, you know, I didn't watch the jury selection, but I, I, I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. They have the African American guy do the opening, but that sort of flew out the window when I listened to him because he, I thought he was great. 
Well, well yeah, I mean, my response is I, I went through everything that he is before the race question because from my perspective, this is a brilliant lawyer. So please stop. That's my answer. He I'm sorry, this is a what? We, we have a weird... reason that Keith Ellison brought him in. Uh-huh. I gotcha. He's a brilliant lawyer. Okay, sorry, we've got a weird connection. So um, you sound muffled. You sound like you're speaking through a face mask. Go figure. So, <laughs> I don't think so, but, but if, we can, if you want to keep going or whatever, there's a lot coming in this case, and, and there's a lot of tension in the city right now based upon what the response may be in the streets. Oh, I'll bet. I'll bet. So what does it feel like in Minneapolis today? Is it everyone on edge, or, or what's what's the... <laughs> the general feeling in the air. I have to tell you, here's what's weird about it, is I noticed this last night. I saw a lot of Minneapolis vehicles, like city vehicles, driving around the city, just in general, sort of meandering it, which made me think that was very purposeful. And so I found that kind of odd. Today has a lot of tension, and yet, this is the most beautiful day I have seen in Minneapolis in like eight months. Wow. It's about, it's about 70 degrees. It's completely blue skies. It is absolutely gorgeous. And you have to understand, for a city that's gone through not just COVID, but a brutal winter, to have the most beautiful day of the year so far today, so warmest by probably 15, 20 degrees, that it's kind of strange to have the, the tension on the one side and the sort of beauty that makes me feel like I want to run up onto a hill like Julie Anders and spin around in circles. It's pretty strange. <laughs> I hear you. Did you break out in song at any point? Every day. <laughs> good. Good. I, I mostly do it in the shower so no one else can hear. But, you know, I get it. Um, all right, Jack Rice. So uh, I know we, we're taping this about an hour before showtime because you're tied up while the live show is happening today between 5 and 6 Eastern. So what, what are you doing between 5 and 6 Eastern? You doing a TV hit somewhere? I'm doing a bunch. It's really crazy if you look at what's been going on. And this is somewhat gratifying simply because I'm pleased to know that the rest of the world is understanding that the broader question in this case is not just the death of George Floyd, which it is, but also those political and social questions about fairness and the application of the rule of law that applies to everybody, including the African-American community. So uh, earlier today, I was doing things all over the country, but I was on with the Times of London with a simulcast. I just finished something uh, out of Sydney with the Australian Broadcasting Corporation, and and those sorts of things are continuing uh, around the country, but really around the world too. So it's just the next the next 24 hours will be interesting. But you know what? To be honest, I'm jealous. I'm totally jealous that I can't be in that courtroom actually arguing this because that's where I wish I were. Oh, really? So uh, in this oh, case, you would. Uh, Would you care? Would you rather be the prosecutor or the defense attorney? Well, that's a tough question because I, I... I, I play both on TV. I know. I'm a I know. former prosecutor. I know. I'm a former defense attorney. And, and, and I think I would, in this case, if, if you asked me which one I'd choose, I think I would be prosecuting. However, that being said, as a criminal defense attorney, I do believe in the Constitution. I do believe in the presumption of innocence. And people asked me after 9-11 if I'd represent Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, the brain, uh, the, the mastermind behind 9-11. Yeah. And my response is, of course I would. You either believe in the system or not. I would give Sheldon the best possible defense that I could because I want it to be transparent. I want the people of this country to see this case. And if the state fails, that's on the state. 
if I can find a way to defend this man, and I would, if he were found not guilty, my job is to defend him. My job isn't to simply say, if the government says he did it, he did it. I understand that there's an 8 minute and 46 second videotape, hence the reason I said, if I had to choose, I think I'd be on the prosecution side. Right. And see, and that and that's a reason why I don't think I could ever be a defense attorney. Well, well, one is I never went to law school. But beside that, um, someone like a Derek Chauvin, I could not represent. I'm sorry. I I believe he's guilty and I want him to fry. So, you know, I I guess that makes me not not the right person to defend him in court. Well, hold on. I mean, remember, I live 10 blocks from where George Floyd yeah, I know. died in the street. Right. My, I had several of my own daughters who were in the street right after this thing who were, who were hit with tear gas and oh. pepper spray, and I oh, watched God. what was going on, too. I sat there and watched uh, smoke and burnt plastic and, and, and just sort of grime flying through the air because of 1,600 buildings that were either burned to the ground or, or, or damaged in some way in Minneapolis and St. Paul around me. And so I took it incredibly personally, too. And it's hard in that sense because I represent a lot of people with murder cases and sex crimes, and, and you think that this doesn't tear me up on the inside, too? And it does. Sure. That's the challenge. The challenge is to be able to sort of recognize the brutality of the world and yet at the same time try to keep telling yourself and remember that everybody, for the system to work, it has to work for everybody, even the people that I hate the most. Um, I, I, I hear you, and I believe in that as well. But I, I personally would not want to defend somebody who I believe is is the root of the problem. This is the, the one of the biggest problems facing our country today. Cops, especially white cops, who believe that they have the right to be judge, jury, and executioner. Um, that needs to change. And so I could not, in good conscience, defend this person in court. I get that it takes a special kind of person to be a defense, a criminal defense attorney who can do, who can represent the worst of the worst because they, under the Constitution, deserve representation. That's uh, it, it's it's a rough one, you know, because I'm aware of this issue. And I think that's one of the reasons when I when I mentioned at the beginning of this, what surprised me was the defense making the argument that this wasn't political, this wasn't about social justice. And my response, of course it is. Of course it is. Right. To deny the reality of that is is critically important. Uh, that, that you embrace what is, because if you're going to motivate and drive anybody, in this case 12 people, to make a decision, you can't lie to them. Right. You can't tell them something that's not true in order to get them to believe in something else. You have to tell them something that is true and say, regardless of those issues, how do we move beyond it and look at the evidence as presented in this case, and if they fail... How do you actually have the the stomach uh, to make that decision? And that's part of the hard work of, of the job. But guess what? This ain't easy. Not easy for anybody. This is a brutal, brutal case. Let alone for the Floyd family, for so many others, or millennia in this country um, to, to deal with. Mm-hmm. So that, that's part of it. 
I hear you. All right, Jack Rice, I'm going to let you go. I know you have a busy day today, and hopefully at some point this week, you let me know when's a good day. You'll come back and check in, and we'll sort of recap what's gone on so far. Uh, there's a ton of stuff coming. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I know it. All Your right. Favorite. Thank you, Jack Rice. Bye-bye now. Bye. There you go. Uh, Jack Rice, a good guy, (laughs) really good guy, with a really shitty phone. Oh, my goodness. I don't know what's up with his phone. Uh, I just I I don't don't get it. All right. Well, um, it is a Monday. Boy, is it a Monday. Um, One more time. Let me try this one more time. Okay. Uh, Progressive Voices is in commercials while they're in commercials. Um, or, or promos, depending on what they're doing over there. Um, I, there's other stuff. There's news to get to, but I, I got, I have a visual element. I always feel bad doing a visual thing. Of course, I'm going to do it on a day when there's a lot of people not, um, seeing video, but, um, Megan McCain, really? I don't know. I don't watch the view. I used to like when it first started, however many years ago that was. But so I saw something the other day. She was bitching about something or she's always bitching about something. I guess I, guess I do that, too. But I, I hope I'm not as obnoxious as she is. The thing I do know is I don't do weird shit with my hair. This is really catty of me, I guess. But what is this thing on her head? I, I don't know. I think I, I think they're all still working from home. Right. I guess. I don't know. Whoever is doing her hair is not doing Meghan McCain any favors. Look at these hairdos. She's got some alien-looking Star Trek kind of shit going on. Um, I just, uh, I, I, you know, I saw these pictures the other day, and I, and I just, I, 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 I had to comment on them. All right, so we got rid of that. All right, so that's that. Maybe I should play you a, a song or video or something. You know what? I, I played this on Friday, but I'm going to do it again just because it was so good and I have it queued up and it's ready to go on. For, oh, I, sh- I guess I should I should take Megan down and um, talk to you while I can. All right. So, sorry about that. So on Friday, I wound up doing um, a weird show again. I, I spoke to the the woman who had a lawyer, a law professor from Berkeley who um had clerked for Ruth Bader Ginsburg and she was her collaborator on Ruth Bader Ginsburg's final book. I loved Friday's show. Frankly, I was a little out of it, but I I thought it was a pretty good interview with Amanda L. Tyler about Ruth Bader Ginsburg's, you know, final work. Um, And then the conversation I had with the Marsh family, um, which the video got screwed up. Hello, this is me. You know, welcome to my world. Um, But uh, I discovered that they had recorded a song. This is an adorable family who lives in Kent in the UK. Dad's a history professor. Mom is also a professor. I couldn't quite understand what she said she teaches, but she's a teacher. They have four kids. They've been at home for the pandemic. And usually they do fun parody songs, you know, dealing with being at home during the pandemic. But it was June of last year. It was right when the Black Lives Matter um, uh, protests were ramping up, were like everywhere and not just here in the U.S. And they were in reaction to the murder of George Floyd. And since his murder trial began today, I thought while we're in a break on Progressive Voices, I would play for you 
their rendition of Amazing Grace one more time because it was so, so good. So with no further ado, it is the Marsh family and their version of Amazing Grace. Enjoy. Amazing. And hashtag, hashtag Black Lives Matter is how they ended it. Pretty incredible, huh? This is just a family. The kids range in age from, I think, 9 to 14. Um, uh, again, they were on the show with me on uh, Friday, and they're just, just brilliant. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. Anyway, so the, the, uh, the murder trial of Derek Chauvin is going on. Um, maybe if we have time towards the end of the hour, I'll, I'll play a little bit of the opening statement for you, which is very, very powerful. Um, a real a quick aside, again, if you're just joining us, hi, I'm Nicole Sandler, and I've been suspended from live streaming on YouTube again because of Don Henley, because he's, they're so, I don't know, I, I, they make music and don't want anyone to play it. I suppose. Not that I played any songs because I know what the limitations are of this, uh, you know, this this um, vehicle that I used to do the show. I can't play music on YouTube. I know that. 
what happened was they they pulled i've got more than 10 years worth of shows on youtube and there's no way i could go through all of them to pull out the little 20 second snippets of songs that maybe got played in the case that that this what happened the end of a green news report brad and desi ended the uh the segment with uh 30 seconds of don henley's i will uh, uh dirty laundry and they pulled that out uh, to give me a copyright violation and suspend me from streaming for uh, for for ninety days. Um, Susan asks in the in the in the Facebook chat, "Can you go to video or some other pro- platform? YouTube is really awful anymore." Um, yeah, first of all, Vimeo costs money, which I suppose I could do. The problem is, and somebody else mentioned another another um, streaming service. A mix something, mix cloud. The problem is the people, the masses of people are on YouTube. So if I could, I could go, I mean, look, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter slash Periscope. I understand Periscope is going away. It's just going to be called Twitter video. I think it's the same thing. Um, I'm on Twitch. So there are other ways to watch the video. The thing is people are on YouTube. So where we usually look, I don't have a zillion uh, listeners or viewers every day. I, un- I honestly don't know why, but I don't. Um, but out of the couple of hundred who are usually on YouTube, I've got 42 right now on um, uh, on Facebook. So people, they they go where they're comfortable. And that's the reason I stay on YouTube, frankly, uh, when they allow me to. So moving right along, uh, there is something else I wanted to share. There's a few things I want to share with you. This is sort of a day for odds and ends. And again, the phone line's open if you want to uh, jump in, talk about the, 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 the murder trial or, or anything else that you care to uh, weigh in on. But um, where's the thing? Uh, um, okay, that's not what I wanted to play. Oh, that, and that's not it either. Damn it, damn it, damn it. Um, all right. Well, I guess this isn't what I wanted to play, but I will. So Joe Biden did his first press conference on Thursday. We didn't really get to talk about it on Friday because I had a busy show. Um, But I thought he did really well. Again, I'm not going to play this video because whatever. But uh, MSNBC, you know, all the sites are giving credit to Morning Jerk for this. It was actually... The night before, some one of the shows played it. It's a mashup of of, of uh, Joe Biden's first press conference juxtaposed with, of course, uh, the the former guy's first press conference. And there's a little bit of a difference. There's sort of a contrast in styles here and attitude. To you, the American people. Help is here, and hope is on the way. I just want to let you know, I inherited a mess. I can't guarantee we're going to solve everything, but I can guarantee we can make everything better. There has never been a presidency that's done so much in such a short period of time. We have to come together. We have to. I certainly didn't win by people listening to you people, that's for sure. (laughs) The other thing we're doing, I might add... Am I giving you too long an answer? Because if you don't want the detail, <laughs> Russia is fake news. Russia, this is fake news put out by no, the media. Please. I'm also prepared uh, um, for some form of diplomacy. The greatest thing I could do is shoot that ship that's 30 miles offshore right out of the Oh, water. my God. When I took Remember office, that? 
I uh, decided that uh, it was a fairly basic, simple proposition. And that is, I got elected to solve problems. I do get good ratings, you have to admit that. All I know, I've been hired to solve problems. Oh, my God. To solve problems, not create division. Are you going to include the Congressional Black Caucus and the Congressional Well, Black I would. Caucus. I tell you what, do you want to set up the meeting? Do you want to set up the meeting? I remember no, that, no, no. too. Are they friends I'm, of I'm yours? Oh, oh, my set up God, because you're black. Of course you know them. What I know I have now is I have electoral support from Republican voters. I put it out before the American people. Got 306 electoral college votes. I guess it was the biggest electoral college win since Ronald Reagan. Wow. (laughs) My predecessor. Oh, God, I miss it. Yeah. Uh, And no, he doesn't miss him. That That was a failed attempt at a joke, but at least he tried. Right? Oh, my God. I got to say, here's my commentary on the press conference. These reporters sucked. Um, In fact, usually I think Caitlin Collins of, of CNN is usually pretty good. I just have to share this with you. So they had ample opportunity. They had over an hour to ask Joe Biden whatever they wanted to ask him about. They bitched and moaned that it was 60 days and he hadn't done a press conference yet. So what did they ask him? Well, I don't know who this woman was. I don't know what outlet she was with. I don't know who she is. But boy, talk about an idiotic question. Have you decided whether you are going to run for re-election in 2024? You haven't set up a re-election campaign yet, as your predecessor had by this time. <laughs> My predecessor didn't Okay, so you heard that part. Um, first of all, Donald Trump was the only president to ever do that the day he's inaugurated, saying, I've launched my re-election campaign. It's just not done. I'm sorry. The election was, he just took office 65 days ago, if that. So that was that question. Then Caitlin Collins, the CNN wonder kid, comes up and she gets to ask a question. And this is her, this is what she came up with. You also just made some news by saying that you are going to run for re-election. I said that is my expectation. So is that a yes that you are running for Oh, my God. Look, I'm, I, I don't know where you guys come from, man. I've never been able to travel. I'm a great respecter of fate. I've never been able to plan four and a half, three Hello. and a half years ahead for certain. And if you, it, do, if you do run, will oh Vice God. President Harris be on your ticket? I would fully expect that to be the case. She's doing a great job. <laughs> She's a great partner. She's a great partner. And do you believe you'll be running against former President Trump? Oh, my oh, God. I don't even oh, think please. about it. I, don't have, I have no idea. I have no idea whether it'll be a Republican Party. Do you? No. I know you don't have to answer my question, but I mean... Really? Do you? I mean, look, this is... The way I view things, I become a great respecter. All right, so you, that's all you need to hear. I'm sorry. He's like, are you fucking... Are you, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Yeah, asinine. Not one question about COVID. Not one question about covid which by the way is not over yet and i'm here in south florida yes thank god i've been vaccinated april 7th i'll be good to go but did you hear dr rochelle walensky she is the new chief of the centers for disease control and i thought she was gonna cry today i made a promise to you i would tell you the truth even if it was not the news we wanted to hear Now is one of those times when I have to share the truth and I have to hope and trust you will listen. Okay. I'm going to pause here. 
I'm going to lose the script. Yeah. And I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. Impending we doom. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential of where we are, and so much reason for hope. But right now, I'm scared. Um, I know what it's like as a physician to stand in that patient room, gowned, gloved, masked, shielded, and to be the last person to touch someone else's loved one because their loved one couldn't be there. I know what it's like when you're the physician, when you're the healthcare provider, and you're worried that you don't have the resources to take care of the patients in front of you. I know that feeling of nausea when you read the crisis standards of care and you wonder whether there are going to be enough ventilators to go around and who's going to make that choice. Hello. And I know what it's like to pull up to your hospital every day and see the extra morgue sitting outside. Oh, boy. I didn't know at the time when it would when it would stop. We didn't have the science to tell us. We were just scared. We have come such a long way. Three historic scientific breakthrough vaccines, and we are rolling them out so very fast. So I'm speaking today not necessarily as your CDC director, not only as your CDC director, but as a wife, as a mother, as a daughter to ask you to just please hold on a little while longer. I so badly want to be done. I know you all so badly want to be done. We are just almost there, but not quite yet. And so I'm asking you to just hold on a little longer, to get vaccinated when you can, so that all of those people that we all love will still be here when this pandemic ends. Please. So there, you know, what more do you need? Instead, You've you've all seen the news coverage of South Beach, Miami Beach, with with um, spring break partiers, uh, elbow to elbow, nose to nose. You would never know there was a pandemic, never know anything was going on because we've got this moron of a governor, Ron Death Sentence, who. Uh, apparently has like a 51% approval rating in the state of Florida. I talk about opposite world all the time. This is the definition of opposite world. Nothing makes sense. We're so close. You know, it's the feeling like the, the, the golden ring is right there so close you could grab it, but it's just a little too far. So what the fuck? Throw off your masks, go out and party and go fuck a stranger on the beach. I guess that's what this is about. We, we are in the midst still of a global pandemic and these brain surgeons, um, you know, deny science. It's, it's the age of these science deniers. You know, there is a, there is a, um, a faction of, um, somebody just sent me a song that I think it's called, I hate the fucking Eagles. Is that what this is? <laughs> I hate the fucking Eagles, man. We may just have to play this and see what it is. I hate the fucking Eagles, man. Oh, okay. Oh, that's from um, the Big Lebowski, I think. I hate the fucking Eagles, man. Yeah, I do too. I do too. All right. So I thought I thought it was going to be a parody song, but that worked. Oh man. All right. So I I, don't, I lost my train of thought about oh spring break. So now I know as of April 7th, I'll be good to go. I can leave my house again. I can hug my kid again. I can, you know, 
I, I suffered through the Moderna number two shot and the after effects. And yes, I did file with uh, there's an agency when you have an adverse reaction to a vaccine. You're supposed to file. A listener emailed me and said, did you file a reaction report? I said, I didn't know I could. I should. So I followed his link. I filed the report. And I guess you should, too, if you have a bad reaction. The good news is, as shitty as I felt for about 36 hours or so, it went away that fast. And I'm fine. And now I'm immune. I have immunity. Or I will on April 7th. But you're still not going to catch me out near all those crazies partying. Uh, maskless and without social distancing. Be smart. Take care of yourself. Let's whip this damn pandemic, okay? Okay. All right. Um, Tomorrow, I don't know what we're doing this week. I'm just so out of it. We'll figure it out. Laffy's still not back. Damn it. All right. Well, we'll see you tomorrow. And now that Progressive Voices is gone, I think, um, let's do What's News? Because we can. I'll see you tomorrow, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. I read the news today. And I never got violated for this. It's time for Go Nicole figure. Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. The Suez Canal is open again. The massive cargo carrier blocking the waterway has finally been freed. 367 vessels carrying everything from crude oil to cattle were waiting to pass through from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean or vice versa, costing billions of dollars a day. But on Monday morning, the Ever Given, one of the world's largest container ships, roughly the size of the Empire State Building, which was beached last Tuesday after an unexpected wind and dust storm blew through the area, was freed. Engineers had been working to clear the ship, digging the protruding bow out from under the bank and vacuuming up sand from the bottom of the canal. They'd been hopeful that high spring tides accompanying Sunday's full moon would aid the effort. And finally, early Monday morning, U.S. time, helped by the high tide, a flotilla of tugboats managed to nudge the ship from the bank where it had been lodged for almost a week. It'll take days to weeks to clear the backlog and get traffic flowing as usual. Opening statements are underway in Minneapolis in the murder trial of former police officer Derek Chauvin for the death of George Floyd, an unarmed black man who died in custody last May. A bystander video showed the former police officer pressing his knee into Floyd's neck for nearly nine minutes during an arrest attempt. The case sparked widespread protests against police brutality and fueled the Black Lives Matter movement. In a first for Minnesota, the trial is being broadcast live in its entirety, giving the public a rare peek into one of the most important cases of the Black Lives Matter era. The trial is streaming in its entirety in many places, but you can get it at cspan.org. About 140 million doses of the COVID-19 vaccines have been administered in the United States, but many states are still seeing worrying increases in new cases. More than two dozen states are reporting at least a 10% case increase compared to the previous week. It's likely due to lax safety measures and surges of spring break crowds. In a CNN documentary that aired Sunday night, Dr. Deborah Burks, remember her, said that after the first surge here in the U.S., the following waves of death could have been mitigated or decreased substantially. Well, I look at it this way. 
The first time we have an excuse. There were about 100,000 deaths that came from that original surge. All of the rest of them, in my mind, could have been mitigated or decreased substantially if we took the lessons we had learned from that moment. That's what bothers me every day. Well, her admissions and the observations of other prominent coronavirus authorities cast a new harsh light on the Trump administration's response or lack thereof. Meanwhile, things are getting worse overseas. Hospitals in Paris are overtaxed as they battle a new surge. The Philippines has ordered more than 25 million people into lockdown over the Easter holiday. And in Mexico, experts fear the virus death toll could be 60 percent higher than reported. And in addition to the CNN special program Sunday night, 60 Minutes also devoted a segment to a just-released joint study between the WHO and China. The study concluded that it is, quote, extremely unlikely that the coronavirus pandemic started with a leak from a Chinese lab. Investigators determined that transmission of the virus from bats to humans through another animal was the most likely origin of COVID-19. The report said further research was necessary to explore several theories, but not the possibility of a lab leak in Wuhan, China. Most of the conclusions were in line with what public health experts expected, but critics have cited delays in the release of the report and the more important fact that parts of the investigation were conducted by China itself, who then passed their results along to the WHO as evidence that China was trying to influence the results. You think? Moving right along. The American Rescue Act. Check. Stimulus checks. Check. Vaccination rollout. Check. Now, President Biden plans to present his next big spending push in two pieces. He'll begin with the unveiling of a massive infrastructure proposal. The plan includes spending on bridges and roads that could have bipartisan appeal, as well as green energy programs that are part of Biden's efforts to fight climate change. In April, the president will present the second part of his plan, which will center around child care and health care programs. Democrats argue that Biden's spending plans will boost growth and household incomes while making the economy more productive. Republicans say the spending would be wasteful and require big tax increases. So they have started trying to narrow the package's ambitions to just roads, bridges and ports. Of course they are. And on Monday, the Congressional Progressive Caucus is set to unveil the Thrive Act, which would provide $10 trillion in infrastructure spending over the next decade. So let's see. They are working on trying to kill your right to choose what you do with your body to keep you from voting. And now 28 states are considering new bills to restrict the rights of transgender youth. Passage of such legislation in Tennessee, Mississippi, and Arkansas this month alone has LGBTQ advocates on edge. Last week, Tennessee and Arkansas passed laws restricting transgender participation in school sports, and Mississippi passed a similar law earlier in the month. The issue of school sports is one of the common restrictions LGBTQ rights groups are seeing in the more than 60 pieces of anti-LGBTQ legislation on the table across the nation. The other most common type of legislation restricts young trans people's access to gender-affirming health care. 
Well, at least four people were killed and another 130 rescued in flooding caused by near record rainfall in Nashville, Tennessee. The city declared a state of emergency and rescue crews continued to look for stranded people after the area got seven inches of rain. The downpour stopped by the middle of the day Sunday, but the National Weather Service in Nashville warned people still to avoid flooded roadways and refrain from swimming or walking through floodwaters. They say not only could you be unexpectedly swept away, but that water could contain chemicals and sewage. Yeah. Well, New York state lawmakers reached an agreement over the weekend to legalize recreational marijuana sales in the state. Proponents have said the move could create thousands of jobs and begin to address the racial injustice of a decades long drug war. And finally, miss going to museums? Well, then check this out. The Louvre just put its entire art collection online. Just something cool to do while you're stuck inside so the spring breakers can keep partying it up in Miami Beach. I got the news. And that's just a bit of what's news for now. I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is 100% listener supported and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com and please click on that donate button.